Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. Hello everyone, I'm Jamie with homeschool.com and I want to welcome you to our homeschool helping hand series. And today I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about. And before we get started, I want to introduce to you my co-host today. And this is a very special guest. I'm so glad that we could have her join us today. But our guest is one of the co-founders of homeschool.com, Rebecca Kokenderfer. Rebecca, hi everyone. Yeah, Jamie, thank you so much. It's nice being with you again. I've missed everyone. I retired about four years ago. It was time to pass the torch. And I moved up to Oregon to be by family, but I've missed everyone. It's nice to be back. And you've been keeping busy, though, haven't you? You started another website. I did. I'm now the host of journaling.com, another love of mine. My big loves are, you know, homeschooling and journaling, travel and walking. So oh. I now I now um, started up journaling.com to introduce more people to that. And that's a pleasure. Absolutely. And I, I love the fact that um, you're not just staying still. You're not just staying retired. You're still wanting to help people find joy. You know, I really do. And I really love homeschooling. So I I've helped people with that, too, as I'm sure I'm sure you do. And I've been through it all the way. And so people are always asking, what was it like or they get stuck? So I feel like I'm hopefully still helping, hopefully still serving others who are homeschooling. Yes, you are. Absolutely. We appreciated the podcast kind of a video interview you did back when we were homeschooling in the pandemic. So that was really good. And yeah. I think we have that video on our YouTube channel. And I think it's also on your journaling.com website. Yes. Seven things we know for sure about homeschooling. I did it with a friend of mine, Marilyn Mosley, who's the founder of Laurel Springs School, because people were panicking. And so we wanted them to have a positive expectation of their homeschooling. And we were basically talking them off the ledge at a time when they were really frightened so that was our, our hope and intent with it. And of course, that was a lot of fun to put together. Today, we're going to talk kind of along the lines of what you just mentioned, sort of encouraging, talking people off the ledge, so to speak. <laughs> uh, we want to inspire for the future. And so, yeah. you know, this past year has seen all kinds of growth in homeschooling. We've seen new homeschoolers. We've, we've seen a lot of experienced homeschoolers kind of drop in and um, want some help with certain roadblocks that they've run into. Today, it's our goal to really speak to both new and experienced homeschoolers and kind of give them some encouragement and inspiration to enjoying this whole homeschool adventure. And so, Rebecca, we know that you're also an author of our book that we we actually are giving away for free right now for a limited time, Um, the Homeschooling and Loving It book. (laughs) Visuals always help everything, don't they? And so 
as we've gone, we've, we've kind of used the book as a springboard to hit certain topics on homeschooling throughout this series. And now we've kind of gotten to the end, which is why I've asked you to come and join us and sort of speak to these. This, this chapter is one of my favorite chapters, this chapter 10 in the book. I really feel like the inspiration that it, it gives to us as homeschool moms and, you know, kind of pointing us in that right direction that, you know, we're not just homeschooling and dealing with the difficulties and the, the struggles, but that there's this place of enjoying every kids. And so one of my favorite parts, and I'm kind of just throwing this out there to give you a springboard so you can start talking, is that first part where we talk about the eight keys to your children's future success and happiness. Yes, I would love to talk about that because uh, one of the ways that you and I can help people who are homeschooling right now, you know, you're knee deep into it, into the weeds, so to speak, is that Jamie and I have some homeschool graduates. So we have an overall view as well. And I remember when I was in the day-to-day, it was very comforting to hear from people who'd been homeschooling for a while and people who'd gone all the way through. And one of the biggest pieces of advice they had was, I wish I had worried less. I wish I had enjoyed more. And that was part of the genesis for homeschooling and loving it. Not just homeschooling, but loving your homeschooling, having fun with it, because that is a choice that you're going to be making every day. It'll be really easy and tempting to um, make it hard in this, in our culture, we have kind of a nose to the grindstone approach to life. That if something is too easy or if it's too fun, then, oh, it must not matter. But I think you would agree with this, Jamie, that we've been through it. It's those fun moments. It's the joy of homeschooling that has made the biggest difference. Because in the big picture, we're Our goal is to give our children a love of learning that they can take with them into life. I saw an example of that when we were doing the um, COVID quarantine. Um, My uh, daughters came home. The whole family got to be together. It was one of the gifts of COVID for us. And she came to me and she said, you know, I don't think I'm growing enough um, during this quarantine. So she made up a calendar. And she would put an E on the day of the calendar if she exercised. She would put an L if she had learned something new. And she would put a G if she had done her gratefuls. Because one of the habits in our family is to focus on the good, focus on what we're grateful for. And I, of course, as a parent, you would be too. I was thrilled to see her doing that on her own because that is a skill. That's a mindset that is going to serve them for life. And I already see that mindset helping them in their 20s. For example, in we're talking about the eight keys to your future success. So one of them is integrity. I see them showing up in their adult life with integrity. And I think that as homeschoolers, that's one of the qualities we give them. And in the day-to-day, I think integrity shows up with respecting their views of their learning. I think it shows up as knowing our why, remembering our why. Why did we choose to homeschool? And we've all chosen it for a different reason. One of the things I love best about homeschooling and homeschoolers is how we all 
do it differently, but we respect each other's choices. That's one of the things I love best about homeschool.com is that our mission is to help you homeschool in the way that works best for you. So coming to back to that point of integrity. Another quality too I really like is that idea of there's no failure, there's only a result. So that's a great thing we teach our kids too, isn't it? When we're homeschooling, oh, that didn't work out very well. Let's learn from that. And that's a skill that they take into life. Do you see yourself using that, Jamie, in your own life and your own homeschool? And do you see that helping your adult children? You know, that idea that there's not failure, there's an outcome and you can learn from it. Absolutely. And I've, that is definitely a big lesson that I've tried to teach my children over the years, because I'm going to be the first one to admit I make mistakes and I've made big ones, but how I respond to those mistakes. Oh, they're such big lessons for kids because they're watching us, you know, they're, they're imitating us and they learn so much when they see how we respond to something. So yeah. yes, definitely keeping a growth mindset. Yes. And that will help them to not feel like failures and also keeping that beginner's mindset, because anytime you start to learn something or do something, you're going to be crummy at it. <laughs> so tell them to expect that the more you do something, the better you get at it. And of course, hopefully we're modeling that as well, that we are loving learning. We're learning new things. You know, let them see you learning a new language or trying a new recipe and laughing when it's a disaster. That's great for them to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another one of the keys to success is I really do like that, that this is it attitude. And the idea is that life is the rehearsal, you know, in other words, be here now. This is it. And I just even that phrase, OK, this is it. I mean, it helps you get your head in the game because it can be very easy to just kind of phone things in or not show up. And I remember seeing those studies again and again that 80% of success is showing up. So I love passing that on to our children as well. 80% of success is just showing up. And your best sometimes is just showing up. It's getting out of bed. It's not always awesome, but, but show up. Do the best you can at that time. And I think that's another nice thing to do the best you can when you're in a pandemic. Do the best you can when you're tired, when you're not feeling well. Your best changes, but, but show up. You know, go for it and show up. Another one of my favorites is um, ownership. I have found this to be really empowering for my children as they've gone through life. We've always said, when you make a mistake, own it. Because the tendency will be to run from it, you know, and I see that the tendency will be either to go into victim mentality and we all do it like you blame somebody else or you blame a situation or my alarm didn't go off. So I've softly tried to model for my children and remind them, try to get out of victim mode as quickly as you can. Try not to stay there too long because it's a weak position to be in. It takes away your power. So if you see yourself falling into victim mode or your children, just try to softly encourage them to get out of that as quickly as possible. And one ways to do that is you own your mistakes. We're not perfect, right? So if you make a mistake, you, you say, you don't say my alarm didn't go off. The tendency will be to find an excuse. 
you know, because we're afraid. We don't like conflict and it doesn't feel good, but it feels much better if you own it, if you learn from it, you to tell the person, I'm so sorry I was late. I should have set my alarm earlier or I should have gone to bed earlier or I should have prepared more for it. So you you own it and then they trust you more from that too because you're not blaming the gas station or the credit card company. You're being honest and I really like that quality in our homeschooling and in our child raising. I'm finding that to be really huge. Have the confidence, take the risk of owning your mistake and then doing a make good if you can. Do you right. have you found that too, Jamie? Just try to fix it if you can. Right. And that that whole mentality ties into as they become an adult, some yes. soft skills that they that employers look for. They don't yeah. want to hear the excuses. They want to hear this future employee taking ownership, wanting to do better, taking the steps to do better. So that modeling that as an example is definitely. Uh, life lessons for our children to learn. You know, I like that because perfectionism is no fun for anyone. It's not fun for the others that we're expecting to be perfect. It's not fun for ourselves. So I think that growth mindset is a way out of perfectionism. Right. It kind of helps us kind of get away from that habit. Another thing, flexibility and balance. I think those go hand in hand. Um, the idea of balance, boy, I am sure seeing that differently now. I used to see, think that balance was all the pieces of my pie are the same size. You know, my fitness piece, you know, the health piece, my work piece, my this and that. I, I have, that has not been my experience in life. Mm-hmm. I found that sometimes I'm working, I'm doing a lot more on work but then I need to bring it back to a healthy balance or I'm doing more in school periods of intensity, but in general, making sure that you are staying in choice and that you're having fun with it. And if you stay out of balance too soon, I think that's when problems occur. So recognizing that you're going to have periods, periods of intensity, you're really going to be working to finish the semester strong, or you're going to be working hard in the beginning to start strong, but But your life balance might say, ooh, let's take December off. Let's set some goals and so that we feel good about finishing in May or finishing December. And I don't know if any of you have special needs children, but um, I have a son with the special needs. He is blind and he's also on the autism spectrum. So that was a great teacher for us as well because I had to constantly adapt and be flexible. And and if you have a special needs child, you know how it is where their biggest cheerleader, you have to bring the joy and that's great. And you have to kind of maintain a balance too, don't you, between helping that special needs child and the rest of the children. And Jamie, I don't know, do you have any children with special needs? I mean, I know we all have special needs, but. Um, my youngest child has dyslexia. Okay. That's been a challenge. Um, but she is, she's found those survival skills that have enabled her to overcome it fairly well. And for the most part, most people don't even realize that she has dyslexia. So, you know, my, um, son, things got really tough for him in his twenties. Um, the, uh, the Asperger's, the autism, when it gets under stress, it goes to OCD. And you know, for a lot of kids between that age of 18 and 24, stuff really hits the fan. Mm -hmm. And we went and we saw some doctors and the doctors said, 
what did your what did parents do differently? Something was different about your childhood because most of the time, by the time we see people your age, they've been broken. They said, but your heart is intact. And I, I know, I think it's because of the homeschooling, because we were always focusing on, for each one of the children, we customized it. We like, what works best for you? So he had this beautiful educational experience and maybe he would have been bullied otherwise. But it was always on focus on what you can do, not on what you can't do. So I, I'm so grateful to homeschooling for that. If you're homeschooling a special needs child, it could end up being one of the biggest gifts you give them. Absolutely. And didn't you tell me one time that your son is an artist? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that funny? He's really good. You know, one of the things we did that I loved um, with our homeschooling is I would ask each one of the children, what's your number one goal right now? Mm-hmm. And so for my daughter, she said, I want to get up on toe shoes and ballet point shoes. And so we wrote it on a little thin piece of wood. and We had her karate chop through it. And then we made that goal a priority. And then my son, for his senior project, he wanted to write a book. So he ended up, I think about the confidence builder for that. And then he wanted to be an artist. So we figured out how can this vision impaired kid become an artist? And we found a teacher and he could see, he can see if he gets up closely and looks at things sideways. So we found a really joyful teacher. And now we have paintings around our house Mm -hmm. because he became an artist. And that was really important to us too. In case he has macular degeneration in case he does completely lose his sight. We wanted him to have that experience. We also did a lot of traveling um, with him because we wanted him to see the Eiffel Tower, you know, in case he loses his sight. So it was wonderful that we were homeschooling for that. So when you're homeschooling your children, you're going to do it your special way. And think about what your whys are and what your children's big dreams are. I found it to be a huge confidence builder. My daughter did end up going off to a ballet school, a ballet boarding school for a while. But and then she didn't become a professional ballerina because she shot up to being five foot eleven. And in point shoes, you end up being taller than all the guys. But it gave her a work ethic. So that ended up being really well in her company. She's not afraid of hard work because she had worked hard on something that she really loved. So I would really encourage that to find out what it is that they're interested in. What's their number one goal and help them achieve that. It's just a huge confidence builder. And it makes the rest of your homeschooling easier because you can say, you know, if you really love horses, um, tie in the science with the horses, tie in the math with the horses. You can really tie it all in. And we know that we all learn better when it's something we're interested in. Absolutely. And in today's culture, too. Now, granted, things are just kind of opening up again, but there's that whole other aspect of apprenticeships and internships that just enrich that idea of pursuing their passions and their dreams. So homeschooling. I don't know. I, you and I could probably talk about all of these amazing aspects of homeschooling and how they've helped our children. And, you know, I have a couple adult children right now, and I'm just seeing that the, the ability to work hard, pursue your passions. Um, it's, I feel like it's fostered more in that atmosphere of homeschooling when you can focus on the individual child. Don't you think it ends up being about so much more than math? So when you're in the thick of it, try to remember what the experienced homeschoolers told us and what we're telling you. We wish we had worried less. 
We wish we had worried less and had more fun because this is just the beginning of their learning journey. They're going to be learning and adapting their entire lives. So you're kind of modeling big picture skills for them and helping them develop those that they can use as they go on when they're past algebra and they're into the work world and into the parenting world of their own. Absolutely. But I know all of these things are amazing pieces of encouragement, but it's real world and we deal with it every day. And there are days when I know I have just felt like I can I even do this another day? It's so hard today. And I love what you said about revisiting your why. I feel like that is so integral to have your why completely nailed down, (laughs) first of all, and then being able to revisit it on the rough days, because it does work as inspiration for you. Um, But those rough patches and that idea of what what can inspire us and what can keep us inspired are also really important. And I wanted to read a quote from the book. Um, if you, if you'll just give me a second, this is, I guess I'm quoting you. <laughs> so It says, if you ever feel mired in the details of your curriculum or schedule, or if your child starts losing interest in the day to day work, remember the long-term vision, the reason why you do what you do. Yeah. I love that. And then you went on to say, seeing the big picture means you keep your eyes on the prize. It could be living the life that you or your child are are dreaming of, or it could mean simply seeing all there is to be grateful for. Oh, you know, those gratefuls are a great self-care activity. You know, they will really talk you off the ledge. I do them all the time. You saw how my daughter did it during the quarantine lockdown you know, when we were all afraid at that point. Yeah, daily gratefuls and in whatever form you do them at, it's seeing the glass more than full Mm -hmm. because we can point our attention to anything. And that's part of that growth mindset too. Look how your handwriting has improved. I used to keep portfolios for the kids and they were just very simple, but we kept a list of all of the books that they read, the science experiments that they did. I took photos of everything and they still come back and they pull those out of their baby book, their baby box. And they look at those because our human instinct is protection and our, you know, our dinosaur, our lizard brain looks for everything that's wrong. So we have to overcome that consciously and doing the gratefuls and looking for the good is a way that we can build new neural pathways in our brain because the instinct is to look for the saber-toothed tiger that could be jumping out of a bush at any time but that's a stressful way to live it's but we have to just show up and practice looking for things to be grateful for and looking for growth another thing that i wish that i had written more about in this book is the self-care It's really hard to learn something if the children's tank is low. It's really hard for us to show up when our tank is low. So pay attention, practice mindfulness and know, ah, we need to step back and we need to refill our tanks today before we can go on. Because you know how it is if you can just go for a walk or do something fun or read a book, you will come back and accomplish so much more than if you just try to battle your way through. So practice good self-care because you're going to need it for your whole life. (laughs) I'm I'm older than you are, guys, and I'm telling you, 
get good self-care skills because you're going to need it because life is a roller coaster as we've all been finding out this next year. Absolutely. So practice good self-care. And, and it's hard to remember your why, too, if your tank is really low. So you might have to go for a walk around the block and say, okay, why are we homeschooling? What's our big picture here? What's our big why here? And what are we really hoping to get out of this? And you'll find out it's more than just being on page 64 by February 13th. Absolutely. That's the, that's the weeds. And you have to be there sometimes, but come back out and get the big picture and look for the good, look for the growth and see if you can't put it into a Word document or take photos because your kids are also, they have the same you know, human brain that we have. They're also going to look at all the things they have not done. So it's a great reminder for them too, like, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. I'm getting so much done. And that's a nice way too. at the end of the year or the end of each quarter, have some kind of a celebration, stop the clock and celebrate your accomplishments because you are doing a lot. And school kids, they have report cards, they have back to school nights, they have bulletin boards. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to do the same thing for our own own children so that other people can come by and say, oh, can I see your portfolio or let me see your science experiment. That's so great to give them some validation too, some outside validation. Right. Absolutely. And as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, sometimes that self-care just looks like taking a break. Maybe it's a day or a few days and you just step away from homeschooling, disconnect. I know I found in my own life that when I get to that place where I'm overwhelmed and I just, you know, I almost don't know what to do with myself, (laughs) that just taking a break brings everything back into perspective and I can revisit my why. And yeah. um, I know we've already mentioned that having our, our why nail down. I'd like to um, encourage homeschool moms to at the beginning of the year or before they actually dig in, you know, everybody homeschools differently. Some homeschool year round, some start in the fall. Um, whenever you're about to start where you're really excited and you're super passionate about homeschooling and what it means to you and about diving in, that's when you write you're wide down. Yeah, that's right. When you're in good shape. Exactly. That passion is in that why. And when you have to go and revisit it, that passion reignites at times. So, and you know, one of my personal rules is that fear doesn't make my decisions. Oh yes. Yeah. And what I mean by that is when we make decisions that are coming from fear, things don't usually turn out well. Right. You want to be moving towards something, not running away from something because then you're just running. So just maybe that phrase will help you. I know it's helped me. Fear does not make my decision. So when I notice that fear is driving me, I pause and I go back to what is it that I do want? Kind of focusing on what you do want, not on what you don't want. I'm also a big fan of catch them being good. Because I, according to you know psychological studies, I remember, Jamie, you had studied this, but we say no seven times out of every 10 times. We only say yes three times. We say no seven times. So one of the things I always try to practice is say yes more often and catch them being good. Like, nice job brushing your teeth this morning without me having to tell you. Oh, nice. Thank you so much for making your bed this morning. Great job starting your studies focus and rewards like dog training <laughs> you know reward the behaviors that you want more of you know that feels so much better for everyone 
the power of praise is what I like to call it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, another one of my rules too, even for work is um, criticize privately, praise publicly. Yes. That's a good life rule. (laughs) That's a good life rule too. Nobody likes to be shamed in public. Exactly. Yeah. I know you have another point here in the book, have more fun. Yeah. And that is something that, um, you know, I lose sight of that when, you know, like we were just talking about you're in the weeds or you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. That whole aspect of having more fun feels like it's far away, Um, but it is definitely worthwhile. And, you know, I've had to, I, it's hard. It, you know, it really is hard because fear is a powerful driver. So I've have themes for the year. And so, for example, joy has been a big one for me. You know, what would life be like? What would homeschooling be like if joy were our top priority? So maybe you pick out what your top priority is and you make that kind of your overarching theme. It becomes a helpful matrix for you that when you are at that fork in the road of whether to you know, go for a walk or whether to do more studies, you can say, okay, if joy was my top priority, what would I choose right now? Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, find out maybe what your top priority is. Is it service? If it's joy, is it love? Is it fun? Um, is it fitness? Is it music? People have different priorities, but if that's helpful to have, you know, the year of living joyfully or the semester. If you can have a theme, then when you are down in the weeds and having to decide, it it's helpful. You say, okay, I'm going to trust. When I was when I was at cloud level, I said service is really a top priority for us, for our family. So then when it comes time to making the decision, you end up going and doing that volunteering and you know choosing the volunteering rather than an extra science assignment because you've decided ahead of time that that's what your priority is. I find that to be really helpful too. It gets me back into joy, get back into fun. And it's just, it takes some of the fear away, the nerves away. It just helps you declutter. Right. And I think another aspect um, that is gaining popularity is that whole idea of game schooling. Yeah. Where they base uh, homeschooling on playing games and learning through games, which I think is absolutely amazing. Now, mine are getting a little bit older and we do try to. And in fact, I was commenting to um, my daughter, which, you know, this is our school room. So they usually sit right over here. That's why I point that way. Um, But I was commenting to her the other day. She was thoroughly immersed in this Spanish program she uses that actually um, applies a gaming strategy. And I just thought, you know what? play the desire to play and learning through play never leaves us and and you know I just love watching them and how excited they get about learning when it involves play (laughs) you know I've never heard that phrase game schooling I love that Mm -hmm. I really like that whole idea I uh, have always wanted to learn foreign languages and somebody told me about Duolingo and basically Duolingo is the gamification of language learning oh my gosh I've been doing it every day in a row for six months I've never before stayed with the language program or a workbook program that much. I am learning so much. It's building my self-confidence because they made it fun. I do it first thing in the morning and they go, way to go. Nice job. You know, now you're on day 108 thing. Oh, your friend Petra sent you a congratulations. I'm like, oh, (laughs) I feel so good doing this. So that's funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly what she was doing. Oh, it's totally working for me. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, you know, they really encourage me. They have they give these little awards, too. It's like to finish number one in the Diamond League. Yes. And so I went, ooh, that would be really fun. So I worked really hard and I ended up being number one in the Diamond League. I'm like, I was battling it out with this woman named Mary in New Zealand. I'm like, I don't think Mary realizes just how much time I have. I'm really really committed to this. Mary, you probably have a really full life. I've got time and German's a top priority. So I ended up finishing number one. But I'm a really, I love that idea of game schooling. I would like to explore that more. It's a great idea. Yeah. And, and it just adds that whole element of fun that we're talking about. It yeah. just it encourages them and it keeps yeah. them inspired and motivated, yeah. which I love yeah. to see. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. That's a great idea. And I know you wanted us also to talk about, see, did we cover all of the eight keys? It was integrity, knowing that failure leads to success, speaking with positive purpose intention. That's what we were talking about. Catch them being good. We model that behavior, don't we? And about looking for the good and doing the gratefuls, having a this is it attitude, be here now. That's a great one. Um, Commitment, ownership. We talked about that one, especially owning your mistakes. That's such great practice, great skill for life. Flexibility and balance and recognizing that balance isn't every day is not balanced, but it's usually overall balance. The week is balanced or the school term is balanced because you probably want to follow their passion. If they're really excited about something, it's okay to give them more time about that. Ride that wave, ride that motivation wave, and you can go back to the other stuff later. The overall balance long term. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And then we talked about um, the secrets to staying inspired. We have touched on a few of those. Have we covered all of those? Yeah, let's see. So the bigger picture, have more fun, a sense of purpose, being of service. You know, I've found with my children, you know, they have have different love languages, Mm -hmm. but we will do things for others that we will not do for ourselves. And sometimes the same thing is true for our kids. So it's a soft way of motivating one of your children to say, hey, the, the younger sibling is really watching you here. Um, so it's really important, honey, that you, you know, talk nicely to me, that you can try to model this love of learning because they're learning from you and they're probably learning from you more than they're learning from, from me. So I, I really like that too, being of service to the family, to the siblings, to the community. I find that to be very motivating and a a huge self-will, self-worth builder. And that that helps a lot because that's that grounding that's coming from center. And that makes a big difference, too. Then you're not just reacting to things. You're not just being triggered by people or events or fears. Instead, you are solid. You're solid and you're centered and you're acting, not just reacting. So that makes a big difference. Yes, absolutely. Very important. Um, I liked what you said about that idea of um, modeling the behavior and even contribution or service, which you mentioned in this last chapter, sometimes that motivates, like you said, way more than just, okay, this is something that we need to do, but no, we're helping somebody else. Oh yeah. And make that the priority. Mm -hmm. And when my daughter said, did you know that at the children's home, they don't have Halloween? I said, no, I didn't know that. So she went around to the neighbors and she collected Halloween bags of Halloween candy or money from them that she could go and buy all the stuff. Highlight of her life. 
making a difference, going to the children's home and delivering all of that. So I love being responsive to those moments of passion. You know, go ahead. If you see your kids are really excited about things, things will balance out. It's okay because those big moments will make the biggest difference overall. We think that it's about being on page, you know, such and such by this date, but it's not. It's those moments of passion. So it's okay. Go ahead and ride with those and then you will bring it back down and you will try to finish strong so you can feel good about what you're doing. Absolutely. And that's why we, that's why so many of us have chosen to homeschool. So we have that freedom to pursue those things, um, to exhaust that interest in their dreams in that area, and then come back and maybe finish chapter five in math. (laughs) And you know, it's a flexibility for life too, that when you have a new baby, or you have a grandparent, boy, those are really important moments that don't last forever. Those are treasured moments that when you're really tired, I know you don't appreciate them. But you know, as we move on, I go, wow, those were great. You know, celebrate those times, okay? Times with the grandparents, times with the new baby. Oh, it's it's so important. Those are the moments that really matter. Right. It's, it's less about academics and more about life. And the uh, fact is that really children are learning through life as well, yeah. too. It's not, like you said, it's yeah. not about page 57 or whatever. Yeah. Um, sometimes life learning teaches them so much more. And I love that we can, we can do that. You know, if I'm sick or maybe I have, I've I've had surgery and I'm just off my feet for a couple of weeks, then we can change modes and maybe when they get to step up and take care of you. And how awesome is that? They get to pull together and bring you breakfast and think about mom or, or someone like that. That's a great life skill. Right. And I think that's the wonderful thing about the homeschool community in general is that we tend to be resourceful. We tend to think out of that box. So we see those opportunities and we kind of maximize on them and, you know, understand that, okay, this week, that is what homeschool looks like for me. Um, We're going to get back to some formal stuff later, but this is what it's going to look like because this is where our life has taken us right now. And I think that's beautiful. I noticed that um, I have three children the ones who homeschooled the longest. So my my son homeschooled all the way, you know, preschool through kindergarten. But I had um, one of my daughters hated homeschooling. You know, we're not allowed to admit it, but she really hated it. So finally, at fourth grade, we took a tour of all the schools in our area and we said, OK, we got to do something different. But I did notice the difference between my two who homeschooled and my daughter who went to school is that the daughter who went to school is always waiting for somebody else to tell her what to do. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being kind of a weakness in life. She's had to get over it. Whereas the other two who homeschool, they're always seeing the big picture. They're always setting goals. They're very self-disciplined. They're very self-motivated. And the one who was not, she was playing a game, you know, waiting, trying to make a teacher happy, waiting for somebody else to tell her what to do. You know, we really had to work on that because I did notice the, the difference between them, self-motivated and other motivated. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, Rebecca, I appreciate you joining us today as we kind of wrap this chat up, which I've enjoyed very much. Do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? I do. My biggest word of encouragement is trust yourself. 
Trust your gut, trust yourself, trust your instincts, trust them. And be really good to yourself and be really good to them because you're doing this big thing. And it's not always easy. So make sure you take really good care of yourself and really good care of others because the the small details will take care of themselves. Try to relax more. You know, worry less, relax more, have more fun. It's timeless advice that we've all been saying for decades. Try to take it in if you can, because, you know, we've discovered, Jamie and I have discovered it's really true. And that's probably our biggest advice for you too. try to worry less, try to enjoy more. Absolutely. And what a great investment in our children that has been. Well, thank you again for joining us. I want to mention to our listeners that, Um, We'll include links to the resources that we've mentioned, the book and other things in the show notes. And we'll also include a link to Rebecca's website, journaling.com. So you can pop over there and visit her and um, see what she has to offer there as well, because we all know we use a lot of journaling and homeschooling. So that could be very useful for you. Um, Thank you. Yes. Again, we want to kind of announce to everybody that we're going to be switching gears. We're going to be moving more in a uh, homeschool help in high school arena. Um, so the next few Facebook lives that we'll be putting out will have to do specifically with high school. And so we hope that you can join us. We wish you all the best. Mm-hmm.